Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Matters Podcast. This is your host, that is JB3, and we're still talking social work. And more specific to social work, this week we're talking about advocacy. And so when you think about advocacy, it's really about throwing your power, your influence, your access and resources behind a cause, behind a person, and making sure that they have the ability to do whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. And there is a very close relationship to me between advocacy and equity. When you advocate for equity, you are advocating for individuals to have just that, a fair shake at whatever it is they're looking to accomplish. And so with the most recent turn of monuments and statutes and name changes, I wanted to talk to a fellow social work professional who could describe some of his experience on the ground, working with local community-based organizations, community organizers, and working with a local board of supervisors to change some of the names that they see or some of the faces that they see in their community. And so today I get to bring on Trey Taylor from Virginia, who has made his presence felt in more ways than one. And so I have to give a shout out here to Social Work Twitter, even though I didn't know it really existed until I was in the middle of it. And so shout out to all of you, but also shout out to you all for facilitating this relationship that I've developed with Trey over the past few months, um, realizing even going back as far as like the beginning of the pandemic, realizing that we share common interests. Um, we're both sneakerheads. We both love hip hop and both fathers, husbands, things that, you know, you just find ways to relate to people. And so, Trey, I'm excited to have you on the show, excited to hear more about what you're doing in Virginia, not just the practice side of things, but also the community side. And so, Trey, the show is yours. Let's go ahead and kick things off. Thank you, James. I appreciate you, man, having me on the podcast, man. It's uh it's, it's, it's an honor to be on this, man, because like I said, when I you first started it and you were talking about, you know, equity and these terminologies, I was like, this is thing I've, things I've never really thought deeper before outside of equality. So I, I just love what you're doing. I love what you stand for and what you're about, man. And like you said, um, this Twitter connection thing, man, I've just been opening up to finding new people and new relationships via Twitter, man. So it, it's been a blessing. So I thank you for letting me be on here. Um, my name is Gary Trey Taylor. I'm from Virginia. Please call me Trey. I'm from a little old place in uh, Virginia called Carolina County, Virginia. For those who may have been to Virginia before, if you're familiar with King's Dominion, the amusement park, uh, that's pretty much the area that I'm from. I've been here all my life. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Um, just recently, man, with an educational background, master's social work, master's of social work, George Mason University, and then also a Bachelor of Psychology from uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, also known as VCU in Richmond, Virginia. I'm an author. I wrote a book um, called You Good Fam. I'm a deacon. I'm a husband. I'm a father, community leader, slash activist, organizer, whatever you want to call that. I'm a sneakerhead. I'm a car guy. I love coffee. That's just everything me in a nutshell, man. I just... That's who I am. <laughs> many hats, many hats. Yes, sir. And congratulations on getting those L's. I know that is a significant achievement. Absolutely, man. Just a uh, major weight, a major weight. 
<laughs> yeah, it just creates more opportunity though. So that, that's great. So yes, part, part of the reason why I wanted to get you on the show, Trey, was because I remember there was quite a bit of unrest going on in Virginia um, mm -hmm. in the last few weeks. Can you describe kind of what that environment looks like? So what's going on in Virginia, man, um, there's a lot of different things, man. We, we, of course, we've been dealing with the COVID situation and our governor has been really, um, really careful in how he has, you know, paced us as far as opening with the phases and stuff like that. And, you know, I think that, that goes to the fact that he's a doctor, you know, background and, and medicine. So he's very aware of that. Uh, but, you know, recently, man, we had after the George Floyd situation, um, we had a lot of protesting in Richmond. And um, Richmond is about 30 to 40 minutes uh, south of where my hometown is in Carolina County. But I also work down in Richmond as well for a health system. And so protests have been nonstop down in Richmond after these police brutality killings and, and different injustices, man. I mean, you're talking about the mayor um, down there, man. He, he the, the community has really been up in arms with the mayor and just really on his case about different things. One, because, you know, police officers, um, at one point there was, you know, spraying these, these actual uh, pellets. They was, they was doing the mace pellets and stuff like that. And then it was supposed to be peaceful, but police took it to a different, different, different level. Um, we have a bunch of Confederate monuments down in Richmond. And so that was um, a big, a big, big social issue that they've been pushing. And so the governor in July, he gave all the localities in, Rich, in uh, Virginia the ability to take down Confederate monuments. And then he gave us the, 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 um, the actual, I guess, what house or governor's mansion also made Juneteenth an actual state holiday. And so he's been very, he's been, Governor Northam has been very, um, very instrumental in this social social justice issue and racial climate but also i i think one of the reasons too was you know he understands the plight but you know a couple of years ago you know he got caught up where you know in his school when he in his old medical school he was wearing like a blackface and so <laughs> you know pretty sure the pr team has been on his case when this situation is so you've seen a bunch of different things in the last couple of months come from the governor's mansion that went statewide. And so that leads to the Confederate monument situation, the Juneteenth situation. The, I think he created like a task force of racial justice and, and equity uh, and diversity at the state level. The Confederate monument thing is came to the localities. And so my hometown, Carolina County, Virginia, we had a Confederate monument. And with that Confederate monument, it's been there for years. It was a big back and forth. My county is really, uh, really, really, really behind. <laughs> We're more of a rural agricultural town, per se. You know, we have a, issues with, you know, access to internet, you know, access to a lot of services, big businesses, X, Y. We don't have that. We go for the big cities, which is Fredericksburg, Virginia, or Richmond. This Confederate monument, though, has um, been there for years, and it's in the middle or in the front of one of the old courthouses. And it's in a particular place of residency, I guess you would say, in the county, where they're a lot more conservative than they are on my side of the county. Is the county county spread out between five or six pockets or whatever. And so um, 
we, as we know, when that, that actual legislation hit in July by Governor Northam to give the ability to the, the localities to remove Confederate monuments, um, we, me and this group uh, with, through Caroline, uh, we, um, we helped push that agenda. Let's talk about what those symbols, what those statues mean as symbols, right? For, for people, not just while they stand, but also when they're taken down. It looks different for, you know, people in the county and guess across the world. I mean, that symbol, a lot of people would say uh, of that Confederate statue is it's those who lost their, who lost their life in, in the Civil War, um, those family members, um, those war veterans who fought, you know, in the Confederate the Civil War to, to maintain or what, you know, to this preserve this way of life. For others, you know, like me and, and other African-Americans, it's a, it's a symbol of hate, oppression. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a reminder where we've came from and, and what, and possibly what could be in store later. And so, you know, when you asked that question, I thought it was interesting because, you know, and it's the same thing I've told local politicians, um, in my County as well It's like, you know, y'all see the Confederate monument as the, just this monument that serves a purpose for soldiers who were lost at the war. Um, mind you, this Confederate monument doesn't have a name to it, just a general, general monument. Y'all see it as that. And, and, and I akin the Confederate monument and the Confederate flag to, you know, the KKK racism and, and, and slavery. And I think a lot of African-Americans feel that way, you know, and I think, you know, me growing up in this rural town and going to this rural, you know, high school, we only have one high school, um, one high school, one middle school, one or two elementary schools. And so... I've always wondered, even though I have a lot of white friends, white colleagues, X, Y, and Z, once I see that Confederate flag, man, it's just a, it, you, you stop and pause, like, yo, are you really for me? <laughs> like, and, you know, I don't know what it looks like, you know, from your hometown, James, but, you know, when we used to go to high school, you know, white boys come to high school with the lifted trucks and Confederate flags on the back of the truck. Confederate hats and shirts and stuff like that, and, and, and um, you know, and then go to class. And so, that's what we grew up with. And that's, you know, and we're not deep South, but we, you know, a lot of people consider us Central Virginia or Central or South, but that's what we grew up with. And so that's what it always came down to for us, you know. I had a completely different experience. I'm, I'm from Detroit, which is, you know, when I was growing up, it was like 90% black. So I think mm -hmm. there were like three, three white kids in my graduating class. And they all... Oh, wow names that just you know whatever your name was you put white in front of it so it was like white mike and <laughs> it, it wasn't that many so that my experience is completely different so to wow. you you know that even as part of your upbringing these symbols had weight had meaning and to see it like on a, a repetitive basis you know i imagine that that shapes kind of who you are and who you become yeah yeah absolutely and you know, some stuff it, you normalize, right? Mm -hmm. You normalize over time. and But then once you kind of take a step back and look back at it, you're like, why was that even allowed? Why right. is that still up and standing, you know? Um, and we had a couple, we've had a couple incidents where, you know, there's been some back and forth, you know, some fights in the high school over, top, over stuff like this, you know? And it, it, can get, it can get that way. I mean... Also recently beforehand, um, 
the county right beside us in Hanover, you know, KKK was out there and try, trying to recruit people to come through holding signs up on the, on the side of the road. That's, that's the thing about it, man, is, is, is there, it's always been there with us, but why, why is it there? If it's, if it's all love and we're all one together, then why are we still entertaining these things? Well, you know, racism, but we'll say that. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, how you were boots on the ground, but you're organizing, you know, I saw pictures, I saw the work that you were doing, you were pushing for ordinances, you know, tell us about that process. That was probably one of the most unique and, and challenging um, situations I've ever been a part of, a movement I've been a part of. I've done community events. I've done roundtable discussions with elected officials and, you know, in my county. So they know me by my, my name, my nickname, actually. But really, this, this put, a, put a divide and, and show true colors. And so I wasn't the one that really initiated. I was part of this group um, of us middle-aged Black folks, some young, some older. And um, we organized a small group fairly quickly fairly quickly to meet with the Board of County Supervisors in our area to discuss this monument. And when it was put on the board agenda, we made a stand, we went up there in public comment um, to, to address our, our actual concerns and why we were against, you know, why we were forward coming down. And um, as a result of that, it was put on the, the, the next agenda to, um, to have it vote to see, you know, do we want to send it to election um, in November so that the whole county can vote to say take it down or not? Or do we want to go ahead and make the decision to, to do that, to take it down now in August? And so we were doing a lot of ground level community conversations with people. We were doing a lot of social media access. Um, we were at all of the Board of County Supervisor meetings, which is once a month. We helped organize uh, people in the community to write letters to their Board of County Supervisors and, and, and either in favor or not in favor of, you know, coming down. We talked to businesses to see uh, how they felt about it. We asked other people, could they speak, you know, at it? And I think one of the cool one of the cool things about it was that man, it was probably the first time I've seen my county come together this 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 big, um, so quickly, and we did a silent protest at one of the board supervisor meetings. We did a silent protest, held up signs. Let me also be clear too, I I didn't I didn't do the heavy lifting on this 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 community group. I want I want to shout out to the, the, those folks who actually uh, was writing the letters, helping write the letters being the first ones to speak, I just provided the support and mouthpiece. I was pretty much Dwayne Wade with the heat on this, this whole situation. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and so, you know, with that, in the second meeting we did, right, they said we couldn't have our signs, so you couldn't hold no signs up. I got called a bully because I was, I had had me and my young boys line up in the, the walkway holding a sign up and they stood behind me and um, there's one of the board of county supervisors felt like I was a bully to a veteran and wouldn't let him buy, um, even though I was letting everybody buy. And um, you couldn't clap after people spoke at this second one because it was like 30, 40 people speaking. You couldn't clap. Um, you couldn't do any of this. And, and mind you, the first one meeting, 
it went all the way to midnight to even vote on it, to talk about voting on it. This is also in the mix of they had the whole opportunity to remove it because they had the power. Regardless of what the public says, the governor has given them power to say, well, we'll take it down tonight. But they wanted to, and a lot of other counties were doing that. They were just removing it. Richmond just made a, a good motion. Let's take it down. So I say all that to say, um, the second one, like they implemented a bunch of different rules um, to get it down. And, you know, there was some, some politics going on with that because our chair of the Board of County Supervisors is Republican, even though our vice chair is Democrat, you know, it's, the optics were a little bit weird. So we did a lot on that and it ended up, we actually got it come down. They close, actually it's been 30 days now, so we need to figure out who can take it down. But that was like August, mid-August that we, they voted to actually take it down on unanimous vote. I, f I see, you know, this movement of rectifying names, right? And of symbols like statues. Here in Michigan, we recently um, changed the name of one of our state buildings, actually. It was oh, wow. Lewis Cass Building in downtown Lansing. And, and what's interesting about Lewis Cass, aside from being a senator, he was a slave owner. And he was a spokesman for this doctrine of popular sovereignty, which meant that people of American territories should be entitled to decide whether to permit slavery, including in the Northwest Territory where slavery was prohibited. And we have different monuments and buildings and things that reflect the quote unquote greatness of this man. Yet when we do the history and we look through the past, we see we do this quite often where we ignore some of the strong beliefs, some of the practices, many of the things that we see now in the 21st century as, yeah, this this can't fly. We've more or less glorified it. We've institutionalized it. So. I appreciate when these entities, government in particular, are starting to look at, you know, how are we perpetuating harm or perpetuating racism? And on top of that, I feel like that's the beginning, right? Of what should be overturning policies that also perpetuate harm, that perpetuate racism, that create inequities. And I'm hoping to continue to see that momentum and we don't just have a whole bunch of like, statues coming down or just name changes on buildings let's actually get into doing the work or we're talking yeah. about hey this policy that we have is kind of garbage it's making things worse for people or you know our entity is not really diverse you know we don't have the right people at the table we we don't look like the community we serve and people are really willing to hold up a mirror to themselves when it comes to you know what they're doing in their communities mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's, you know, we had we had a lot of name changes, like, or just, we're working on some more changes it's through Virginia. Our biggest one through here is uh, Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee. Um, mm, you got some heavy. Yeah, yeah, we got those working on that. And uh, I think one of the high schools down here, man, in Rico, one of them, Lee Davis, the school is called Lee Davis Confederates. Yikes. Um, yeah. 
And uh, I think they ended up voting to change that name, you know, which was, I was like, yeah, because that's, that's amazing that you had Confederates <laughs> as the name. That so, was, yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm. So let's talk about managing that, because for you and your experience, you know, you grew up seeing Confederate flags and seeing folks wearing Confederate paraphernalia, you know, and then as an adult fighting against those forces of oppression, how do you manage like those internal obstacles? A lot of prayer. <laughs> lot, lots of prayer, man. Um, it's, 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 it's scary at times. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot of fear around, you know, black men speaking out the way they do uh, and the way I do. And so I get conversations a lot <laughs> from my wife and some other folks, some brothers, you know, just, just like, yo, you good? Like, you know, you you doing, you speaking out, you saying a lot, man, you know, you, you watch yourself, you know, so. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of prayer and a lot of downtime and removing myself at times from from social media or removing myself from these events to to manage the rage. And I've also been doing some um, engaging conversations with these elected officials for the past three to four months in closed meetings. I am amazed at our prior leaders on how they fought and continue to fight every single day this is a lot to manage james it's 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 a lot to deal with it's a lot it's a lot it's very hard to to get up in the morning have some fear that am i going to make it home go fight against the systems that have been structurally against us for 400 some years right help people help people who are disadvantaged who may have a substance abuse or mental health issue and resonate with the folks who are protesting get off push the agenda some more and then come on and be a husband and a, and a husband and a dad um i i have taken a lot of time away just to be in, in in a lot of meditation and prayer because i don't know if i would be able to survive um as a result and sometimes i just want to quit because it's, it's real it's just because it's so much and why haven't you quit I don't, sometimes yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't, it's, it's a God-given fire to keep pushing to what's for what's right and to make sure that, you know, my daughter and then my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren won't never have to see and deal with what we had to deal with. It's the only thing to keep pushing, man, you know, for, for me. I, I do wish sometimes that I could just be, be normal, go to work and come home and, and cook dinner and, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> where's the fun in that right i mean where's the fun in that you know now we we have a not just a responsibility i mean we're, we're both social workers so we have a, a code of ethics that we adhere to that we abide by which at some point we need to circle back around to that because that needs to be addressed too but mm -hmm. we are committed to advocating for our communities i mean it's evident when you see something that ain't right it ain't right and right we have to be collaborative to find the right solution. And so like you demonstrated with working within community, getting folks out there, the petitions, the signs, the phone calls, the politic in which I absolutely hate, but yeah. being able to, you know, position yourself and create strategies that support 
whatever the cause may be, that's where we are and that's what we have to do. Mm -hmm. And exactly. I'm about the legacy. I mean, I'm what, 32 years old. I know I got a few more years on this earth, right? But my kids and my kids' kids and the people that ain't even gonna know that there was ever a James Bell third aside from on a shirt, you know, a family yeah. shirt somewhere. So, like, oh yeah, that was great, great granddaddy. He was cool. Don't yeah, know about it. But I want them to be able to reap the benefits of the work that I did. Absolutely. And I keep that in the forefront, bro. Like, I mean, you know, it's that it's that it's that 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 passion and drive to continue to fight. Like it goes beyond like we know the code of ethics, that's what we call to do as a social worker, but you know, it, it it's it's more than that. It's just the call from as African American people, you know, in general. You know, you feel your ancestors and that energy and spirit and then you know i work I'm, I'm working alongside too some some og civil rights workers you know what i'm saying and they just like yo here's a baton i got your back like i don't care what you do just don't stop Run with you it. know so it's just been amazing development to see and you every time you want to quit or leave you, you can't help but get pulled right back into it deeper you know? than you were before deeper way deeper you know I got a neighbor, he's retired. I refer to him on Twitter as like OG black neighbor. And <laughs> he, worked, he worked at GM. And whenever we're like outside at the same time, like I might be mowing a lawn or raking leaves, he always comes and speaks. Like he, he makes it a point because he's an older black dude. But he yeah. always drops some nuggets. And he's always like, you gotta make sure you remind them boys that they kings. Don't let nobody tell them otherwise. Yeah. Like it's your yeah. job, Jack. Like, you know, the old, the old black man talked that way and they just get under your skin and just be like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I got you. And yeah. having those voices and those mentors and, you know, you talk about ancestors, like, you know, I didn't know one of my granddads and I hear stories mm -hmm. about him. Like, damn, he just really didn't care. Like he was going to make it happen. You know, right. however, he was a provider. Like I, yeah. I respect that. Yeah. It's, it, the, the, that's that's interesting you say that, man, because like my grandmothers and my grandfathers been, been so influential in my life um, and growing up. And so I was pretty much, my, you know, while my mom was working, I was at, I was spending time with my grandmothers, you know, my right. grandmother, my, my great grandmother, my grandmother, my grandfather, my great grandfather. Um, you know, when it wasn't until late in my life where um, one of my grandmothers, she was heavily involved in NAACP. Um, in this in this area in, uh, north of us, you know, didn't know, never knew, until um, later in life, and um, you know, I'm been blessed to pick up that 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 mantle, right, with working with my local NAACP. But then I look at my other grandmother, and um, both of them passed away in 2018. And so, when I look at my other grandmother, who was more so silent when it comes to these type of social issues, right, at least for what I know but she was a provider she was a, a giver she was a nurturer she was non-judgmental like loving person to any and everybody so and i feel her spirit within me when it comes to just working with people and i think that's why i'm in the field of where i'm at because i took that and you know ran with it but then i also have my other side of my grandmother who really was not was was about action and, and wanted smoke, and so you put that together and had this perfect, perfect ball of combination of 
qualities that can drive you. And so I'm always respectful and grateful for my um my older my older black folks, man, because I, I cherish and love them. And anytime I can sit under them, you know, and listen to them, that's all I do. <laughs> hey, it's all I do. I hear that. I hear that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got I got some sidebar questions. You know, we we've covered what's important, but I need to know your favorite beamer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Been doing a little studying, I see. Man, my favorite beamer, man. Oh man. Um, I have an 05 E46 now that I just put back on the road. Um, that's, 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 I love that, that body style, E46s, um, and M3s, but man, my dream car, one, one of my dream cars is, a um, the F10 5 Series, 535 or 5, 4, uh, 550. Um, that's the 2011 to 2016 body style, and I, that's next on the list. I need to get one of those. That's my first dream car out of maybe like eight. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be the, the F10 5 Series, man. Uh, either F535 or 550. Man, my aspirations were so low for a dream car. I was just, I was just wanted like a sunbird, bro. Like it didn't matter. Yeah. Give, me a, give me a whip. No, I, yeah. I really wanted a Chevy Lumina, man. Like that four door. I don't know what it was about it. Like I just, just wanted one. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I think in, in Detroit those were yeah. dope boy cars, so you know, couldn't have one. But I've I've always been big into cars, man. Before I even knew about social work, it was basketball and cars, man, and sneakers. So that's why you see me throw those elements back into my, um, back into my work because I think that um, they can be used for some positive things. And so, in speaking of your work, you know, how can people keep up with you? You know, what's happening in Virginia and some of the side ventures that you're a part of? Um, well, you can follow me definitely on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram and Twitter are the same handles as retro underscore GT uh, for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well at uh, just Trey Taylor with a Y. Um, and then you can also keep up with everything I got going on via my website, which is Uphold uphold318.com that'll have everything I got going on along with my Instagram but that's the main hub in the website man and you know I, I try to I try to oh Instagram has a uphold31 as well for the mental health stuff and that's underscore uphold31 so those are the main places you can keep up with me at and um try to I try to keep everybody abreast on what's going on if you get to the website Make sure you sign up for the newsletter and that also let you know what events is happening and going on too as well. So Uphold 31, what scripture is that? Uh, it's Proverbs 31.8, which is, says, uh, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I know Proverbs at that end of that, that chapter typically deals with women, but um, it, it, it spoke to me when I first started um, doing my mental health work. And um I think it's, 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 it's indicative of what we do in social work as well. Um, advocate for people, social justice and speaking up for those, you know, that are disenfranchised or just don't understand what's going on or need some assistance. And um, I chose that name because like I said, I think that's an evidence, evidence in everything I do. Just, you know, standing up for everybody, speaking up for, for those and, and helping people. And so that's why I chose that name for it. 
And there's another initiative that you, you didn't mention, and I'm going to give it a quick plug, and that being the Goodfellas um, discussion, oh, yeah. right? And yes, I just want to put a plug in there myself because you know I attended a meeting right when COVID popped off, and I told my wife like, "Hey, you know, I'm about to lock, log on to like this men's group," and she was so ecstatic because I'm I'm kind of a, a solo dude, you know, I'm, I work, I parent. <laughs> I do the entrepreneur stuff, but I don't like interact as much as that gets the common folk. And so my right. wife was just like, yes, you go down there, you get on that call, you talk to those men and listen. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, I got on there and just, you know, I'm not in Virginia. I don't know what's happening in your community, but just even to be around like-minded brothers and people who understand like the stress and the weight that comes with the things that we do when we're trying to provide and just having an outlet. So I, I'm appreciative to you, sir, for facilitating that. Because I yeah. think when we talk about the mental health of men, we've been shaped and conditioned to feel certain ways, or better yet, not to feel certain ways. So to be able to walk into spaces where people can have honest, transparent conversations, there's no judgment, there's no like, hey bro, get over that real quick. Like, that right. ain't no thing. No, like, I'm burdened by this situation. Brothers, help me out. So. Thank you for creating safe spaces for folks because we need them. We need to amplify them and we need to bring it to scale so that everybody, every black man can feel comfortable talking about the things that we talked about in that good fellow circle. Absolutely, man. Thank you for um, attending and, and being vulnerable with us. I like to tell brothers that thank you for being vulnerable with us. And also I always know it's, it's, it's tough coming into because like most of my guys on there is VA guys um, and most of my friend group. So, but um, there's some good dudes on there, man, and they just want to learn more, and they 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 want to grow as well. So I appreciate you plugging that in for me. Definitely, definitely. Trey, it's been great. You know, I'm gonna keep up with you anyway. But I I appreciate you taking the time. Please continue to do the work that you're doing. I mean, in all the spaces that you're in, between Goodfellas, the work that you're doing in Virginia, your mental health work, author, father. Husband, I mean, keep doing those things. It's invaluable and continue to just be a role model for others because that's what we need to see. We need to see more black men out here doing their thing and finding balance with it. Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate that. I keep I keep pushing on as long as you keep pushing on, man. I wanted to uh, shout out to the, the group that I work with in Caroline, man. Concerned Citizens of Caroline. So keep it right there. Shout out to them because they were the ones that helped put this get some stuff done in Caroline County, Virginia, man. And so, but James, thank you again for providing this space for your podcast, bro. I, I wish you much peace and blessings and, 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 and success with this. I'd like to give a shout out really quick to Trey Taylor for hopping on the podcast. Um, I went to a conference a few years ago and they described how it was important for professionals to have this thing called a brain trust. And it's a concept that I've taken with me in my professional career. And the brain trust essentially is a group of individuals who you can run ideas by people that will not look at you any kind of way when you have this idea that may be kind of off the wall and just someone that you can help think things through. And so Trey has become one of those thought partners for me. Uh, he and Christopher Scott, the hip hop social worker, even though he's retired his podcast, um, still love the guy. Just a 
great group of guys to really talk through social work and social work issues, especially when it comes to being a black man in the field. So shout out to them. Um, Trey didn't even mention the fact that he has a podcast as well. Please check that out. Everybody relax. And I hope in today's episode, you really grasped the concept and the idea of advocacy in ways that you may not traditionally think of. And so when you talk about grassroots efforts and grassroots organizing, it really starts with individuals at the community level and being able to say this is exactly what we want or this is exactly what we don't want. And it becomes a power discussion. And what better way to demonstrate that you have power by being in the spaces where people who believe you don't interact. And so I'm glad to see this traction across the field and across the nation, really, lately when it comes to these monuments, when it comes to these declarations, because it's it's time for change. We talked about dominant narrative a while back. And when you don't see yourself or you see institutions that reflect white supremacy, that that's problematic. And so I'm excited to see statues come down, monuments come down, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks again for tuning in. As always, we are appreciative. If you are not following us on Instagram, please hop over there. That's at Equity Matters Podcast. As I say, every episode, I believe in building community. And that's exactly what we're doing over there. And if no one has told you or you're new to the podcast, I always sign off with the same thing. And I use that to sign off because I truly believe it. And that is equity matters.